0: Welcome to Tap the Craft, an informational podcast about craft beer targeting the everyday beer drinker. My name is Denny Luce, and joining me tonight is my co-host and drinking buddy John Ream. How are you doing tonight, John? I am a bundle of energy. <laughs> all right, <laughs> all
1: right. Sleep, so. sleep has been hard to come by lately, so uh, okay, I'm I'm pulling it together here, and then I'm I'm going to pass out very all right. quickly our
0: recording. Okay. Well, you know what? We're gonna promise. I'm gonna promise you, John. i promise our listeners that we will keep this show to under an hour, since we gave you 40 minutes of extra primetime content last episode. Th- just for you, sounds buddy. good. Yeah, get some sleep. <laughs> you need some sleep. No problem. All right. Well, hey, John. Let's tell everyone what, what Tap the Craft is all about. And Tap the Craft is an educational podcast, and we focus on bringing more people into the craft beer hobby. And why do we do this? Well, you know what? John and I are craft beer enthusiasts. What does that mean? We love to drink. We love to talk about, learn about craft beer. And remember, we are enthusiasts, not experts. So uh, don't uh, hold us to the T on everything we say. Because sometimes, you know what? Uh, Our emotions might get up the better of us. We might say something that's not actual 100% fact might be a little bit opinion-based. So just keep that in mind. And uh, we're here to help you learn about the craft beer hobby, and we want to do this in easy-to-understand terms so that each episode uh, we also put all the stuff we talk about into the show notes. And the show notes can be found on the Open Forum Radio website where the show is posted and also inside the description of the podcast. So you know what? Just go to your podcast listener app and uh, look at the description and inside that description will list the entire content of this podcast just for you. We encourage uh, our listeners to write into the show. This is an interactive show. We want you to provide your experiences and knowledge and ask the questions that you want answered. And you know what? Hey, go ahead and give us your opinions on whatever we talk about also. We like to hear your experiences. And we also, once a month, we do a listener participation tasting notes segment where you, the listener, can drink along with John and I as we describe our tasting experience. And guess what? Uh, You know what? This show is not one of those episodes, but next episode is. And we will be drinking... The Laguanitas Pils, which is a Czech-style pilsner. And uh, so th- go ahead and go out. You have two weeks when you listen to this, uh, if you listen to it when it first releases, to go out and pick up at least one bottle or six or a... Well, I come in six packs, so you better just buy a six pack of the Laguanitas Pilsner. And again, this is uh, this is going to be one of our... F- I think this is our first pilsner that we've actually done tasting notes on so it, it should be exciting. Also, you know what? Uh, we invite our listeners to help support the show by taking just a few minutes out of your day to write an iTunes review. And uh, we, we don't, you know, we just encourage it. We don't, rec- you know, we don't demand it. But uh, this helps get our show featured in iTunes, and it helps widen the show to a, a, a broader audience. And I, you know, what we did, we do have a few reviews. Uh, we have a lot of people that listen to the show, but we have uh, three iTunes reviews. And uh, David at Yojimbo2000 is the latest member of our show to go ahead and leave a review. And we want to thank David for leaving an iTunes review. We really appreciate your comments and your five star rating. Uh, and also just want to mention Robert, TPS Sponge, and Tim, TimPrice75 for their reviews also we really appreciate all the support and this is episode 16 and we're recording this on monday march 2nd 2015 and in this episode we're going to focus mainly on yeast and how yeast is used in the brewing process and if i don't ramble on too much we're going to also go over a couple interesting news articles about the craft beer industry Well, you know what, John? Uh, I think it's happy hour, and you need some happiness. So by any chance, are you drinking something during this episode?
1: I am drinking something during this episode. So we're doing the Lagunitas Pills on the next show. Mm -hmm. So tonight I am drinking the Lagunitas Nighttime Ale, their uh, Black IPA, uh, which is very delicious so far. It's almost 8%. And trigger logging this style is like over the top in hops so I'm really enjoying it so far
0: yeah I saw that that was available this week in my area and I almost picked up a six pack myself but you know what there were so many seller worthy beers out there that caught my eye that I decided to postpone that one for a week or two and pick up some of these special bruise that I just can't get every day. So yeah, that's a little mystery there for uh, everyone to find out as they w- as they follow me on Untapped to see what I uncork in the next uh, few weeks or in the next few months. So,
1: uncork so there.
0: Yeah corking cork and cage. Yes. <laughs> yes. I have I have lots of cork and cage bottles that are gonna be fighting me to get uh, uncorked because that's the one bad thing about those corking cages. They're a pain in the ass to get undone, but it, yeah, it makes it always fun. So, yeah, I'm drinking too, John. Um, you know what? I'm not drinking something as nice as what you're drinking, but I've been drinking different stuff all evening, waiting to, to record tonight. So I'm going a little more mellow, and I'm drinking a Samuel Adams... Boston Lager. Yes, not my favorite lager. Yeah, Yeah, not my favorite lager.
1: No cider mixed in there? Uh, Normally,
0: (laughs) you know what? You know me well, John. Normally I would mix cider. But uh, I have a confession to make, and my confession is uh, I've been collecting a lot of these Boston Lagers with these different sampler packs from Sam Adams, and most of the time I'll give them to my son. He likes the Boston Lager, but I, you know, I, before I went on this last beer run this last weekend, I, uh, I kind of ran out of beer. And so I went ahead and threw in about six of these Boston lagers. I started drinking them, and I realized that I think my hate for Boston lager is Boston lager on tap. And I think it's because there's some skunky ass – I just said ass. I meant to get it clean, but there's some skunky, <laughs> skunky beer lines out there. And I think that when I have this beer on draft, if the tap lines aren't clean or if something is kind of funky with the whole system, it, it really gives it an off taste to me that makes me just dislike it. But if I drink it in a bottle, pour it into my own nice clean glass, I found out that it's not as horrible as I remember. So I've been drinking Boston Lager and it's not, it's actually not my favorite lager, but it's, it's drinkable. What do you think about that?
1: Oh, there you go. And, you know, that's it is one of those styles that if, if there is any funkiness in the line, it's going to pick it up. There's nothing for that funk to hide behind.
0: So. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So so I just wanted to say that, hey, even a a conditioned craft beer drinker like myself, hey, I'm open to change. I, I, I don't have to just, you know, I can have something I just like, and I can realize that, you know what, I was a little harsh, and it's not as bad as I you know, had, had bad mouthed it in the past. So, uh, just keep that in mind. But, but John is right. Nine out of 10 times. If I have a Boston lager, it will be mixed with a cider for a nice snake bite. That's the way I roll. All right, John. So, Hey, we like to talk about between shows, what new and noteworthy beers that we were able to drink since the last time that we talked to you guys. So John, uh, last Episode, you were kind of light in the new and noteworthy, but you know, did you did you make up for that this uh, this episode? Yeah. So the last couple of weeks, you know, it's it's kind of
1: been like one of those most interesting man in the world commercials. Like, <laughs> I don't drink often, but when I do, I'm like pulling out the the big guns. Uh, so I started things off with uh, a Stone Enjoy by the February fourteenth, um, which I had to. Cop up and and admit that I didn't I didn't drink it before the deadline. <laughs> <laughs> I got to it on the eighteenth, and you know what? It was still delicious. Okay, so, good. Um, no, no love lost there. Uh, but uh, they're they're great beers, and you know they they rotate. I think there's one out now that's for the March fourteenth. So if you can spot it, grab it, drink it. So they're they're good.
0: Okay, so so is this. I'm kind of curious because I've had, at the beginning of this whole Enjoy Buy series, I had the first three that were available in the Boise era. But since then, I haven't picked them up because, you know what? I've had them and they're good, but there's other things that are better. Is there anything that changes from from uh, beer to beer? Do they, do they change it up? Or is it pretty much the same beer that you had the Enjoy By the previous date?
1: You know, I don't know if it's the exact same. Um, This one was a lot more uh, tropical, a lot of pineapple. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't remember it being like that before. I don't get them every time. Uh, I get them every two or three. Okay. Um, So, But, I mean, if if you've never had it, it's definitely something to to pick up and and try out. Um, I, I don't know. If you got it every time, if you'd be drinking essentially the same beer. But, hey, it's fresh and delicious. So yeah. That yeah. you can be assured of.
0: Okay. So your comments were exactly what I heard from other people, that it seemed like it had more pineapple-y and more tropical fruits flavors to it. So that's why I asked that question because now I'm concerned that I haven't been picking these up and okay. they, they may have changed a little bit and maybe added you know some extra pizzazz to it. So.
1: Yeah, you're, you're missing out. You're behind the
0: curve. I know. I Just sitting that.
1: there drinking your Sam Adams Boston Lager, letting all these beautiful IPAs fly by.
0: <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> oh. All right. So what else have you been drinking?
1: So uh, another one I had uh, was from a brewery here called Two Beers. Mm. And it was their Fall wine, uh Russian Imperial Stout, which was mm. aged in a combination of uh, whiskey or bourbon barrels and brandy
0: barrels. Nice
1: and then blended together, and that was very smooth, very delicious, and very dangerous. Mm. <laughs> I was very happy that I was splitting that with someone, because otherwise I would have been <laughs> on my behind pretty quickly, just really? as it goes down so easy. All but, right, so uh, what are
0: you saying? Your wife outdrank you that night, or what? <laughs> no, no. I still had more of the bottle than she did, but it was, I
1: was drinking it so fast, it was so smooth. Um that I could have been in trouble if I had, you know, the whole thing and, yeah. and had kept moving on to other other things that night. So
0: Yeah. Um Yeah. That sounds fantastic. You, yeah, you know, it, it, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say, you know, I've just recently had the two beers brewery beers in my area. And I I'll tell you what, I'm pretty impressed. They make some good beers. So I I'm disappointed that they didn't have this uh, this Russian Imperial Stout in my area because I would have picked that up in a heartbeat.
1: Yeah, they just did the release for it, um, and they only had I think 2,500 bottles, so I, I don't think it it left the brewery. Oh, okay. Um, I think they sold it all out of the out of the brewery. But uh, I I managed to get that that beer thanks to my friends Pete and Amanda who I mentioned on the yes. podcast before. Um I wasn't able to get to the release, but they they brought us a bottle so <laughs> Wow, um, big shout out to them you guys so. you know what you got some good friends john that's that's some I good do. friends. I do and uh speaking of Pete and amanda, uh they came down one day and we did a vertical tasting of new Belgium's la folie mm-hmm. uh, which is a sour brown ale mm-hmm. um, so we had the twenty thirteen through twenty fifteen. Uh, versions of that. And it was really interesting to taste uh, the differences. Um, you know, the, the 2013 was pretty, very tart, uh, probably the most, most sour. Uh, 2015, you know, probably had the most uh, flavor, but not as much that tartness had developed mm-hmm. yet. Mm-hmm. And then that 2014 we we all kind of unanimously decided was like kind of the perfect blend of the oh, sour wow. tartness and but still delivering a lot of flavor where it's not just puckering and that's yeah, it
0: yeah
1: um so that was really fun and I, it's it's awesome to be able to do stuff like that and unfortunately now my my cellar has no more lavali in it so i'll have to start over um but uh you know if, if you can hold on to bottles like this and just kind of <laughs> stack uh, a few versions on top of each other it's really fun to just see how they develop yeah. uh, you know as they go
0: yeah that um I've had the two thousand thirteen and fourteen I saw the the 15 in the store but I'm crossing my fingers it'll last at least a week or two and I'll be able to pick it up when I have a little bit more cash on hand but those those are great beers and they're a little bit more expensive, so picking up you know more than one that that's an investment, especially if you're going to save it for like a three year vertical tasting. That's uh, that's impressive, and I, I wish I could do that, but uh, I en- you know what I enjoy those beers fresh, but I I think I would like to be able to experience it, you know, with a little bit of age, too, like you did. So congratulations on that.
1: Yeah, so I'd, I'd actually only bought uh, one of like the 2013, 2014, but I managed to get a fresh tasting elsewhere, not okay. on my dime. So ah, <laughs> was, very good. I cheated the system. Yes. Know.
0: Very good. Very <laughs> good. Okay.
1: So, uh, the last one I'll talk about, uh, is from what's quickly becoming or not really becoming, but has been, and it just continues to solidify its place in my top breweries. Um, In the Seattle area, Mm -hmm. and that's uh, Fremont Brewing. Yeah. And I had their uh, Bourbon Barrel-Aged Dark Star uh, Oatmeal Stout, Mm. uh, the the 2014 version of that. And this is a beer that um, was actually the very first beer I ever had of Fremont's. Really? uh, Like like three years ago um, at uh, the National Homebrew Conference. They were there pouring at Pro Brewers Night, and it was my first introduction to them, um, and Ever since I had that, I've been hooked and i I go out of my way to make sure I get this beer every year mm. uh, when it's when it's released uh, but the the dark star is great without the bourbon barrel you know age on it, but it just takes it to another level so that's yeah. one that i that I seek out and I, I still have one or two in the fridge waiting.
0: <laughs> I'll be right over just to hold yeah. for me. <laughs> All right. Can we just pause right now? <laughs> wow. You know what? Um, I have to agree, John. You have uh, uh, have provided me with a few Fremont beers. Again, Fremont is one of those breweries that doesn't come to Boise, and it's right next door to us. I don't understand why they can't distribute here. But luckily when I come visit John, he hooks me up with some Fremont beers, and I agree they, they – They are definitely a good brewery. And this beer intrigues me because it's a bourbon barrel aged oatmeal stout. And it's, you know, whenever I, oatmeal stouts to me typically kind of have a smoother, silkier, you know, finish to them. They're not so, you know, in your face, uh, dark, you know, dark roasted malt. And then you throw in that bourbon barrel. uh, I mean, does the bourbon barrel um notes kind of take over the beer or is there still enough of that that dark malted uh you know base of that uh stout to, to hold its own?
1: No, it definitely holds its own. Okay. Um and is that Fremont's actually a relatively new brewery. They just opened up in like late two thousand nine mm-hmm. and they're actually about to put in a brand new uh brewing system they're expanding. Uh so maybe you know, in the next year or two, you may see it start crossing state lines. So, excellent. Um, who knows?
0: Yeah. No. No. I'll buy them. And what's nice too is that they, you know, they they put their beers in cans, which is convenient. I was I never thought I'd be a fan of aluminum can, you know, beer, but I'll tell you what. In the last two years, especially, it's kind of my go-to you know, container of choice, I think, when I when I go to find beers because they're easy to transport, easy to store. Uh, the only disadvantage, you know, they don't oxidize, they don't get the sunlight, you know, all the, those benefits are good too, but the only disadvantage that I have with them is, and we've mentioned this before, is, is, heck, when you start pouring out of the can, you can't see if you need to hold up right towards the end or if you're going to get some of that crap in there. And I actually... You know, I end up usually pouring in some crap into my beer because I don't realize there's still some of that, you know, sledge uh, at the at the bottom of the of the can. But but other than that, cans are great. So yeah, so Denny likes it in the can. Remember yeah. that? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I've, I I walked right into that one. All right, I, I've, I've had that one chambered for a while while you've been through that much <laughs> feel So <laughs> oh, no problem. Uh, it's it's okay to. Provide our listeners with a little bit of little laughter in the, in the background, no problem, at my expense. I'm used to uh, it. So, so how about you? What,
1: have you had anything uh, noteworthy you want to share?
0: I, I do, but you know what? Uh, it's, we kind of, we've kind of switched things up because in the last few weeks I've had quite a few things that were noteworthy. And this week I only have really one beer. I've drank a lot of new beers, but only one really stood out. To me, that was worth mentioning to people. To, that if you have a chance to, to find this beer, to go to find it and, and buy it and drink it, and that is a beer from. It's a collaboration beer. It's called Collaboration Number no. Four from Boulevard Boulevard and uh, Omegang Brewing, and it's uh, it's part of their Smokehouse uh, Ale series. And this is Collaboration Number no. Four. It's a saison, and what basically what each brewery did is they each independently brewed their own Saison and then they blended the beers and made the final bottling of this beer in a nice twenty five ounce champagne bottle, corked and caged. Although I don't know I think it's it's only corked and caged because it does have a little bit of pressure behind it, so you want to make sure you don't launch that cork inadvertently. But it's not one you want to seller so you don't you know don't don't take it as you want to save it you want to go ahead and drink this one pretty fresh and they tell you that right in the bottle they say drink before uh, a certain date and let me see what the if I can find that date on here uh, it's nice that they say that cuz a lot
1: of people would see the cork and, yeah. and immediately
0: put it down so. yeah it says uh, so this this beer was just released like last month and it says drink before May of 2015 so it's got a, a relatively short life that where they want you to drink it. And um it's a Saison like I already mentioned, farmhouse ale style. Uh oh my gosh. I love Saisons and this one is just like I gave it a five star rating. I don't maybe maybe recently I, I've gone a little bit crazy with my five star ratings. Maybe I shouldn't be so liberal with them, but when I have a beer that just it it it, it it plays on me in so many different ways that just says, "Man, this is a beer that is unforgettable." This beer is one of those. Now, other people have given it maybe four caps because they've had some issues with it, but to me, uh, it has everything I enjoy. It has all the flavor. It's so it's very smooth. It has uh, it. The finish is is like awesome, and the it. It wasn't a very high alcohol content. Let's see if I can find it on here. It's a seven point three percent. But you know what? It's it drinks like it's four percent. I mean, it's really uh, very smooth, very uh, refreshing saison, and I just fell in love with it. And I gave it five stars. And um, so hey, I, it's noteworthy for me. If you guys can find this in your area, Boulevard Brewing out of Kansas City, Missouri, in conjunction with. Amagang and you know what? I don't know where Amagang is out of. Is that? Uh, do you know where that that brew is? I don't get it here in in Boise, so I don't know if it's uh, if it's a. Uh, I believe Midwest. they're New York. New York, okay. Uh, yeah.
1: yeah, somebody can correct us on that.
0: Yeah, I know they do the uh, the Game of Thrones beer. I think is what they're famous for too. That Game of Thrones. You know beer they do, but other than that, I I haven't really had anything that they've done.
1: Yeah, um, I think that's what made them known to people who either aren't in their normal distribution area or just don't care about beer. But they do a lot of great Belgians. So okay, if you're back back east and you see some Amagang Gang, definitely try it out.
0: Okay, excellent. Have you now, John? By any chance, have you seen this uh, in your area? I have not. Oh, do you get Boulevard in your area very much? Uh,
1: I believe so. Yeah, uh, I just haven't been to the bottle shop in a while.
0: Okay, so. okay. They they do. I I really enjoy Boulevard Brewing. They do the Farmhouse uh, Seven Ale, I believe it is, and they do. Um, I think they yeah, do the Tank Seven. Yeah, Tank Seven. Yeah, the Tank Seven. Uh, they do a couple other ones, and now I can't think. I, I want to say they're like. They don't do this. they do the single wide and double wide uh, IPAs, or is that a different brewery? I can't remember off the top of my head, but they do a, a bunch of different ones that are that are pretty good. I, I I enjoy that brewery. I don't get a lot of stuff my way, but what I do get, uh, I haven't been disappointed. So, uh, so yeah, give give Boulevard a, a shot. Give this collaboration number four a try if you enjoy Saisons. Now, if you're not a big fan of that style, then then don't spend your bank on it because it's a, it is a little bit more expensive but if you do like saisons I recommend it highly. Excellent. Excellent. All right, well we don't have any listener provided questions this week, so we're going to move right in to the Brew Buzz segment. And this week, oh wait, before I talk about what this week, let me just say, hey, the Brew Buzz for anyone new listening, the Brew Buzz segment is uh, devoted to discussing the various uh, beer-related topics. Uh, you know, we've covered a whole bunch of stuff on brewing process. And you know what, this week is no different. We're going to talk about yeast and how it is used in the brewing process. And uh, this is very exciting for me because this is where this really the science of brewing comes to play. Because what you're doing is you're taking what we've talked about already, putting that, making that wort, that sugar water, basically from the from the, 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 mal- the malted barley and the hops, and you've you're, you got that, that big concoction made up. Well, you know what? That's just like cooking. That's nothing special. Now you go ahead, you take some foreign chemical, like you know like you're some kind of a chemistry guy. you throw in this yeast, and guess what? The yeast completely changes that sugar water into something that is very unique. It's bubbly it's got it changes the flavor it takes the sweetness out and makes it into beer so yeast is a very important part of the whole brewing process and we're going to talk about that right now so before we get too far into you know how yeast affects everything let me just talk about what yeast is and yeast is a single-celled microorganism and they say that it's actually classified as a fungi I'm like, wow, that's like you know scraping mm. off stuff off the bottom of your feet type fungi, right? That's that's nasty, but hey, if it works, it works, right? That's where your earthy comes from. Yeah, right? that's where all the earthiness <laughs> comes from. And this uh, this microorganism actually consumes the fermentable sugars that are that we generate in our wort. You know, we're taking the the barley and we're uh, ex- you know we're we're causing the the sugars come out in there. It takes those sugars and it converts them into alcohol, which the alcohol type is ethanol and other byproducts. It also converts it into uh, CO2. It kind of, you know, has a CO2 value. But you know what? Most of that CO2 gets, uh, you know, taken out of the system while you're you're actually, you know, while the yeast is eating away those sugars. A lot of that escapes. uh, You don't really see it in the beer right away. Uh, But it also generates other byproducts. And those other byproducts, that it does as it consumes these sugars, it can also add flavor to the beer. And we'll talk about what kind of flavors that these byproducts can provide into your beer. So there are literally hundreds of varieties and strains of yeast that can be found out there. And But for the brewing process, we want to kind of focus on two general types of yeast. And, and those two types of yeast that we're going to talk about are, are ale yeast which is also known as top-fermenting yeast, and lager yeast, which is bottom-fermenting yeast. And, John, uh, I'm going to go ahead and talk about the top-fermenting, and then when I finish, you want to go ahead and talk about the bottom-fermenting, since you're the, sure. the brewing expert? No? I can do that. All right. So top-fermenting yeast, the, which, again, we mentioned are the ale yeast strains, these are called top fermenting because they tend to rise to the surface during the fermentation process. And when they rise to the surface, they're sitting there, they're eating away these sugars, they're getting active, they're starting to clump together. That clumping, what is that clumping called, John? Is that floconation or uh, floconation? Some kind of a weird uh, term.
1: Flocculation is when they kind of leave solution drop out to the bottom.
0: Okay, yeah. okay. So they kind of do their thing. They kind of clump together. Uh, they create this uh, this very thick and this rich yeast head at the top of whatever your brewing vessel is. Typically, in a home brewing environment, it's going to be a carboy. Uh, in a more uh, production worthy brewing, is going to be their fermentation tanks uh, and. These type of yeasts produce a beer that is high in esters, and this this high esters flavors and and aromas give the ales their distinct character. And ale yeasts they tend to thrive at warmer temperatures, and these temperatures can be anywhere between 50 and 77 degrees Fahrenheit. And typically, though, uh, you know, 54 degrees is like the lowest you know, uh temperature that you can really actively ferment uh, an ale with these uh these yeast. Um so that's that's in general the, the top fermenting yeast. Now uh some of these uh, beers that are used with that that actually use top fermenting yeast or ale yeasts are of course ales and porters, stouts, alt beers, kolsch and wheat beers. Those are the top fermenting uh yeasts. So, uh, John, is that uh, did I miss anything there? Is there anything else you want to add uh, that I might have missed on the top fermenting ale yeast? Um, So, I I would say
1: you know ales also include uh, Belgians, and these are the the Belgian yeasts are what's going to be fermented at the top of that temperature range. Okay. Um, And and fermenting up at that high temperature is what gives it a lot of the Belgians, their more fruity character, their peppery character, a lot of the stuff that those other things that, that you mentioned that add flavor. Yeah. Um, all that comes from stressing the yeast. And, you know, when they perform at that high temperature, they're they're under stress, so they're yeah. putting out those things. So that that's a desired trait in Belgian beers. But if you had that in, in your porter, you know, that's not going to be what you want. If that's in your your Kolsch if you have that spicy you Mm -hmm. know type thing it's not what you want so you know what what's deemed an off flavor for one beer style isn't necessarily that off flavor for another Ah, that's Uh, true
0: that's true Yeah. so uh
1: but yeah that the belgian beers are usually what you see at the top of that
0: temperature range okay and uh one thing too that i didn't really mention is and i don't know when a good spot to mention it but uh there's a as you saw in the in the example, between fifty and seventy-seven degrees, that's a big wide range, and um, you know different yeasts they uh, they have different attenuation rates as far as how actively that yeast is going to eat up those sugars. Are they going to eat them up uh, pretty quickly and and leave it the beer more dry, or are they going to You know, kind of peter out before they can actually eat all the sugars. Maybe they're a slow uh, eating yeast, and they're going to leave it the beer more sweet. So that's an attenuation rate. Again, can be controlled by the type of yeast that you use, and the temperature that the yeast is is actively uh, you know gobbling up their their sugars in. Um, Just another another thing that, like John mentioned, depending on how attenuative the yeast is can either make the beer more dry or make it more sweet and also provide different byproducts that give you off flavors for some styles and, and good flavors for others. So, all right, John, how about bottom fermenting yeast? What's different about, about these yeasts than the ale yeast? They ferment on the bottom. <laughs> Next topic. <laughs> um,
1: so yeah, uh, lager yeast, uh, tends to, um, ferment the beer from uh, more towards the the bottom of the fermenter fermenting vessel uh they they don't uh they're not as active in in reproduction and uh a lot that's due to the temperature you know the the lower the temperature the yeast is going to kind of slow down so when brewers make their their lager beers they're going to put in a lot more uh lager yeast to start with because they can't count on it to kind of build up its own population as quickly as, as an ale yeast mm-hmm, would.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so the, the flavors of, the, of these lager yeast are generally uh, much cleaner. Uh, some put out uh, some like things like sulfur, but a lot of that's cleaned up or, or off-gassed by the beer before uh, we ever get it. Uh, which is very pleasant because I don't think any of us really want to drink like rotten egg beer. No, um, but uh, yeah, I think overall th- you can characterize a lager as as a clean fermenting yeast, and you know it, it does it at this lower temperature, so it's not as active, so it doesn't produce as much of those off flavors. Not under that, all that stress, so it these temperatures we're talking forty five to mid fifties probably. Uh, I think fifty degrees is kind of a target that most places shoot for. Mm-hmm. Um, but then these beers will be lagers then will tend to be lagered. That's the, the term. I mean, aged at a mm-hmm. cold temperature, which they'll do around like 33 degrees, like just above freezing um, to kind of knock that yeast out uh, and, and kind of it slowly clean up some of the, that byproducts like the sulfur and other things mm-hmm. that, that it might put out. Yeah. Um, but you know, lagers, the the styles for this are the, the pilsers, the the Martin or Oktoberfest type beers, uh, box, and your good old American malt liquors. So, <laughs> um, but you know, the the these in general, uh, summer day, lager, that that's where where that yeast is is coming into play. So,
0: okay. Am I, uh, you know what, uh, interesting fact that I might be totally off on. Um, a friend of mine just got back from Germany, and he sent me a picture. And the picture said, uh, lager uh, closet, or something like that. And I was like, wow, they keep beer in their closet. Um, do you know what the, the the German definition of lager is? is it, does it mean storage? Or does it mean closet <laughs> I don't, um, did you know by well, any chance i don't i don't mean to put you on the spot john this is like totally spontaneous but it just when you said the whole lagering of the the yeast you know prevent you know has a lagering effect that just made me think of this uh, weird closet thing that my, my friend sent me a picture of
1: yeah, I think, you know, lagering is just long-term cold storage, okay. so it could okay. be that that's where they are able to keep cold and, and store some beer, and that closet may lead to a cellar okay. that stays cold or something like that, you know, so, okay. uh, yeah, that could could be Or I'm pulling
0: this out of my butt. No, but, you know, no, because, it, it works. no, it, <laughs> I, I think it does, and I just wish I would have prepared that for the show so I could just throw out that little bit of fact Without making it sound like we're just kind of you know drawing at at straws here, but I know that uh, when my friend sent me that picture, he said that he said he thought he laughed at it, but then he said it was actually just a closet or something. Like that. <laughs> and I thought, wow, just a closet. I, I mean, I, I want to have beer in there, right? It's a lager closet. I want beer in there. But okay, no big deal. We just wanted. To, I just wanted to throw off the you know do a little side tangent there for a, a second. But you know what? <laughs> While we're tangenting. Why don't we talk about wild or spontaneous fermentation, which is uh, which I imagine is like probably the first type of fer- fermentation that beer ever had, right, John? I'm guessing that they didn't know that these yeasts were gonna go and ferment these beers, so it must have been wild fermentation and just over right. the years. Well, you know, the there's a the, the famous German purity
1: law, the the Reinheitsgebot, which. Mm-hmm says that beer can only be made up of four things, you know, mm-hmm. uh, malt, uh, water, hops, and yeast. Mm-hmm. Well, the the first Brian Heinz only had three things on that list, and that ah. one was malt, hops, and water, because they didn't know about yeast. Yeah. It, was, it wasn't known. You know, there was a magic stirring stick that you put into <laughs> it, and then it magically started fermenting. Well, the yeast was living in the wood, so that then it was transferred to the beer. Wow. Um. But, uh, yeah, so, you know, for a time it was always spontaneous. Now it's uh, arguably whether you can truly call something spontaneous anymore since we know where it's coming from. It's just, it's not spontaneous, it's just stuff that fell in the beer.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. (laughs) But I I think it's spontaneous because it wasn't planned, right? You don't know what's going to fall into that beer, especially when you're doing wild or spontaneous fermentation where you have literally. Open vats of beer sitting in a in a uh, a barn or whatever you know whatever the the structure is with open windows allowing the wind to blow in the the yeast and fermentate the beer which this is how uh, what's uh, now I can't remember the the name of the famous uh, main brewery that that only does wild ale is it Maine Brewing I can't remember now but. But, uh, but, I mean, this is actually a, a, a pretty interesting concept that, you know, most beers that are produced are tightly controlled. These beers, they want to make sure they have the same flavor every time, so they go and they buy yeast that supposedly, you know, has been checked out, that's going to have you know, this type of yeast. You put it in there, it's going to be, behave the same as every other yeast that you use that same type. But in this spontaneous wild yeast or natural yeast, the, the natural yeast that's found in the air all around us, now you're taking a chance. And this yeast is basically, it could be different in every area that you live, right? Here in, in Boise, the, the wild or natural yeast is going to be a lot different than what you have, John, in Seattle, and a lot different than what's in New York, and a hell of a lot different than what's in Belgium. And so uh, it really puts a, a little bit of surprise into what the beer is going to taste like now you can you can know by uh by brewing several beers in that same environment what it generally is going to taste like but i can't take a recipe that is brewed in belgium wildly and brew it here in boise and probably get expect to get the exact same flavor uh mainly because the yeast that's gonna be eating up those sugars is gonna be a little bit different than what they had in that in that area. So that's why it's kind of a, a wild, spontaneous fermentation. Uh, which is kind of exciting because that, you know, that's that puts a, a whole mystery into what the beer is gonna gonna taste like. Now now that we said that, you know, Belgium is known for their their practice of 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 wild yeast or Belgian style yeast. And now they've packaged those yeast into in the packages that you can actually use a Belgian yeast to make a Belgian style ale in Boise or in Seattle. So it's, uh, it takes a little bit uh, out of that, but um, but yeah, it's kind of ex- exciting, different way of, of doing things. And um, a lot of these wild yeast strains uh, they can provide a a bit of a sourness to the beer. Uh, and one of the the famous which we've talked about before on the show, one of the famous yeast strains that kind of gives you a sour or wild f- uh, flavor to it is the Brettanomyces uh, lambicus strain, uh, which is a sour beer, non filtered, inspired by the traditional lambics from Belgium. And uh, I actually, I love almost every beer that has Brett. It's called, for short, we call it Brett. Um, I like the sourness. I like the funk it gives it, um, and I I really enjoy those beers. Now, it's kind of funny is that I, I read an article a while ago of a a brewery. Gosh, I think it was in Michigan. It wasn't the Jolly Pumpkin. It was another one. I can't think of it off the top of my head. They actually sent some of your yeast. They thought they had a a, a strain of Brett yeast and they, they've they been brewing their Brett beers with this, same, you know, stuff. They went and they sent it off to a lab to be studied, and they found out, hey, you know what? Your Brett yeast isn't really Brett yeast. It's actually something else, which I thought was kind of funny because obviously whatever that they had created, uh, maybe it started out as a Brett, but somehow uh, turned into something that, you know, was a little bit different than the, the traditional Brett-style yeast. So... You have anything else to say about wild spontaneous or Brett yeast, John? That uh, I might have messed up on? Uh, not really, uh, but the you know you talk about how
1: uh, that you you can't necessarily control that a lot of these um, wild yeast necessarily, but uh, a lot of the current ones that you can purchase like commercially. Like you can get a strain of Brettanomyces lambicus, yeah, lambic, yeah. Um, and. There's there's a handful of different Brettanomyces strains. Uh, that's one of the big three. Uh, Brettanomyces bruxellensis is another one, and I'm blanking on the third. <laughs> um, but those ones, you know, as people use them more and actually document what they're doing, they're kind of learning how to control it a, a little bit. Um, but uh, a lambic is actually traditionally blended, um, so that's kind of how they can control the flavor characteristics. They they have you know these multiple different years that they've they've brooded usually one to three years they blend some of, some combination of those to get the beer that they're looking for mm-hmm. uh so you know one year it may be 25 three-year-old lambic and 75 percent one year yeah. old lambic yeah. and then another year it's maybe more 50 50 or, or something like that so they they blend to kind of get more consistency for something that's not completely controlled
0: yeah yeah and that and that's yeah that that's a good point John is is especially when using sour uh str- you know strains of you know beers that have been uh, uh brewed and using sour or wild strains of yeast that uh a lot, because they can be unpredictable a lot of times you're right they're blended because they don't want to have a whole sa- a pure I don't think I could drink a pure beer made just of sour Stuff It might be a little bit too, you know, difficult to drink, but that's why they'll go ahead and they'll blend some, you know, variations of it so they can get the right concentration of sourness and beer uh, characteristics that you don't just get sick when you take a sip of it, you know, like, ugh, it's too, way too tart, way too sour. So, yeah, blending is your friend, especially when it when it's talking about sour beers for sure. All right, John. So, hey, we just talked about uh, a couple different ways, different uh, strains of yeast, and now there's we mentioned that there's different flavors that you can uh, get from the yeast, uh, and a lot of those uh, those uh, byproducts as the yeast is eating away those sugars, they're going to leave uh, alcohol, some CO2, and they're also going to leave some you know some flavor behind because they're you know they're kind of eating it up and pooping out. Uh, you know the the excess and uh so we're going to talk about some of these different flavors that we're you know that we can get from the byproducts of yeast and john you want to go ahead and start us off on on esters
1: uh sure so yeah esters in your beer it's not that girl you went to elementary school <laughs> with it's um, it, it tends to be kind of a fruity character um like bananas apples mm-hmm. pears that kind of thing um a lot of times for me, I tend to have a hard time distinguishing a specific fruit. It's more just kind of a fruit Fruity. cocktail type yeah, thing. Yeah, I, um, I agree. But uh, yeah, these are definitely a, a product of an unhealthy fermentation or a stressed fermentation. Uh, very common at higher temperature, or if you know the brewer didn't put in enough yeast. Mm-hmm. Um, when I'm judging homebrew competitions, this pops up all the time. Just cause really? people don't put in enough yeast into their into their beer. Uh, to start. So,
0: so, okay. Um, so this is interesting. You just brought, I, I was thinking that these esters were something that was, that could be a, a, a negative to a beer, but are also a positive to a beer if you wanted to, to get those flavors. But you're, are you saying that, that when you have esters or these type of flavors that most of the time they're, they're unwanted, the brewer wasn't planning on having these flavors? Uh,
1: most of the time. In, in terms of American styles, mm-hmm. pretty much all the time, they're okay. not wanted. Okay. Um, for English beers, you tend to have uh, a little bit of fruity esters, okay, and then a lot of Belgian beers, you know, it, it kind of drives the beer. Okay. Uh, so that's kind of okay, but usually if you're having an American style and, and you're getting that kind of character, you don't want it there. <laughs> okay. Um, probably nine times out of ten, it's not supposed to be there.
0: Okay. So. That, that's good to know. So... Americans, we like our beers, what I would just say, clean, right? More clean uh, clean beer than, than have these extra uh, nuances clean, in yeah, there. Yeah, clean from a yeast perspective.
1: Yeah. Uh, a lot of the world would say aggressive and unnecessary in the hoppers. <laughs> you know, That's so.
0: true. That's true. That's true. Okay. All right. Well, you know what? There's another uh, byproduct that, like John just mentioned about the esters, that can be a, a negative, but it can also be a positive is the phenols uh you know and and the most common phenol produced in by yeast is like a clove like spiciness uh again John already mentioned that this can come from well, i think he mentioned that from the uh from the bretomyces, uh yeast uh well no I guess the Belgian yeast can give you the well can the bread bretom- no the bretoyces gives you mostly i don't know sour and- stuff. Pretendamys uh, actually it
1: doesn't give; uh, it does give a little sour, but it's it's more of a funk type. Funk. Of thing. It's, okay. Okay. Yeah.
0: So the so then the Belgian yeast will tend to to drive out these clove like or spiciness right? Fennels is that? Or, yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. clove or pepper type. Peppery. Type yeah. Character. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Or the, if it's really bad,
1: like um, uh cough syrup. <laughs> Yeah, that's <laughs> that, other, that's never wanted.
0: Yeah, that's the other thing is I've heard that the, the they can also give you like a medicine like a like a band aid or some kind of a you know hospital uh, gage, uh, you know wound covering type flavor. Which I don't understand how you. I mean, I guess they're going off the of smell of that, how it smells in a in a. Oh, uh, you you know when yeah. it's there,
1: you know, <laughs> and I've unfortunately uh, tasted that in, really in some homebrews, yeah. So okay. I don't think I've ever come across it in a commercial beer um but yeah definitely judging home brew competitions that's popped up and and you know when, okay. <laughs> when it's there
0: all right so so these <laughs> these are all undesirable flavors that you don't want in your beer so you got to take you know care not to get those those extra things uh so well, not not necessarily uh cl-
1: clove uh, is is wanted in a Hefeweizen true. Um, and, true. and some of the sp- Peppery characters are, are wanted in Belgians. Yeah.
0: So. Yeah. Okay. Wow. See, this is all of science. There's a lot of science involved in in using yeast and getting the flavors you want for the style you want. So all right, John. Yeah, it's a
1: delicate dance. Yeah. So um, and then you know but the big thing that we all love yeast for is alcohol. Yes. Uh, and you know, usually you can't taste the alcohol uh, in, in majority of the beers that we have. Uh, as you get to into those higher uh, alcohol beers, though, uh, the alcohol does start to play, uh, have an effect. Um, it can come across in a lot of different ways. Uh, you can actually smell or taste an alcohol sweetness, which is odd. Mm-hmm. And it took me a long time to understand what that was. Um, and it really just, you have to taste and smell quite a few beers actually exhibit that character to, to really understand the difference between that and kind of a malt sweetness. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, it can be a sweetness. Uh, most people pick it up as, as a warming, like when, you know, when you drink it, it's kind of like when you do a shot, you know, yeah. you, you can feel it going down <laughs> to your gut, you know, uh, some of the, the bigger beers can, can have that, that warming, uh, effect. It can also kind of dry out, kind of be of a, uh, an astringent, like drying in, in your in your cheeks, uh, on the inside of your mouth. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, these uh, the 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 these undesirable alcohols, are kind of a, a fusel alcohol, which um, is what can give you a, a more of a solvent type character, which uh, you you never want. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't think of a single style that that would ask for a solventy <laughs> alcohol.
2: Um,
1: unless, you know, paint thinners your thing, yeah, but, yeah. uh, other than that, you, you don't, you don't really want it. Um, but you know, yeah, it just, it can be kind of, kind of sweet, uh, you know, and, and you'll see it, you can actually see it in the glass and some really high alcohol beers when you start getting up towards, you know, 12 to 15 in that kind of range, um, you get, uh, what's described in the wine industry, you know, legs when you can see the, the beer kind of dripping down and, and, uh, it different, you know. Lace is kind of horizontal, and when it gets legs, it the beer comes down <laughs> vertically, um, rather than str- straddle, uh not straddling the glass, but, but kind of hugging the glass horizontally. Yeah, it goes vertically. Yeah, kind of. I, I don't know. It's uh, hard to describe, but um, yeah, alcohol
0: more often than not, it's doing us a favor.
2: So oh, yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that, that's why we drink it for the most part. I mean, I drink it for flavor too, but I enjoy a little bit of a, you know, head buzz I get from it too. So if it didn't have the alcohol, I don't know if I enjoyed it as much. John and I just got done talking about all the different things about yeast. Well, let's just go ahead and, and we'll quickly go over some of the flavors and aromas that the yeast can provide uh, into the beer, whether they're good or bad, regardless. Here's here's what it can be. So... Um, you know, the top one, you know, I don't know. What is that called? Acetaldehyde. Acetaldehyde. Acetaldehyde, which is like a green apple aroma. Yeah, I can see where that might not be. Uh, I don't know. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? I, I don't think that would be a good thing.
1: Uh, no, it's usually associated with a uh, beer that's too young. Uh, that okay. kind of needs to condition a little bit. Um, okay. If you drink a beer and it has that green apple, uh, wait a little bit.
0: Well, that's good enough for the that one. How, how about diacetyl? Uh, it, it says it's a taste or aroma of buttery or butterscotch. Again, that yeah. doesn't sound good. Uh,
1: it it can be um, appropriate in small amounts in some English uh, ales, but usually it's, you don't want it there. I, I usually get it as more of butterscotch. There are some people that I get it. It's like a movie theater oh, butter,
0: oh, like yuck. For popcorn. <laughs>
1: um, but, yeah, that, that's basically what that is. I mean, I, I imagine they use, like, pure diacetyl to create a lot of that flavor. You really? Know, it's not. But, uh, so, yeah. a- another is uh, dimethyl sulfide, uh, what you'll hear referred to as DMS. Um, it's kind of corn or cooked vegetable um, type character. Mm. Uh, usually, you'll come across this in things like Pilsner's. Um, that they uh Pilsner malt has a lot of the precursor for this, uh which is SMS and I can't remember the what that stands for. But (laughs) it needs to be uh boiled off and so a lot of Pilsners tend to be boiled for ninety minutes to get rid of that precursor and make sure you don't have any DMS left over um in the beer. Huh. So
0: that you know what? That's probably why I don't like pilsners. much uh dimethyl sulfide oh. uh, okay. um so yeah and then
1: uh you know we've talked about you know the the clove phenol and then kind of a fruity ester you know the, the the banana fruity ester in the clove is that that trademark of the the uh, hefeweizen mm-hmm. um uh but you know other fruity esters can be you know apples pears strawberry you know kind of any kind of fruit uh character
0: yeah
1: um and then some of the the bad phenols, uh, you know that medicinal cough syrup, uh, band aid, plastic type thing,
0: <laughs> Yum. Um,
1: you know, kind of medicinal character. You, you never want that. Um, that that high alcohols, that solventy, um, you know, thing. It's another thing that that would be an, an instant downside for any beer. And finally, the sulfur that I mentioned is very common for a lot of lager strains to put that out. Um, But it's something that kind of blows off, and as long as they don't bottle it too soon, you shouldn't get uh, too much sulfur in there.
0: Okay. Uh,
1: But, yeah, that's a lot of the more common uh, yeast characteristics you can find in your beer.
0: Excellent. Well, you know what, John? Uh, We're... Actually, to our listeners, we're not going to go over different actual strains, you know, naming White Labs, 1483, whatever. We're not going to name strains because you know what? You're never, ever going to see those strains unless you're going to be brewing yourself. You'll know what the strains are. So it's kind of unimportant. What was important is that for you guys to understand the different types of yeast, top fermenting, bottom fermenting, wild fermenting, and the different things that can happen to the beer, so you can pick up some of the, maybe some of the, the the negatives that a yeast might give into a beer or some of the positives, and you might be able to recognize that you're for yourself while you're drinking. So John and I aren't going to cover different types, you know, the actual numbers of yeast. We're just going to say that, you know, we've mentioned already there's Belgian yeast, there's Scottish ale yeast, there's lager yeast, there, you know, there's all these different types of yeast that you can give a certain flavor, and again, depending on how the yeast performs you're going to ferment it at, a, at that temperature for a certain length of time. Uh, but Hey, I hope that we were able to at least provide you guys with, you know, a little bit of background on the science behind yeast and how it is used in the beer brewing process. All right. So that was a lot of education. Now let's get into some fun. And the fun we're going to talk about today is in, in with a couple, uh, craft beer industry uh, articles found online. And both of these articles we're going to talk about quickly uh, are provided by our buddy David, Yojimbo2000 on Twitter. Uh, you know, he's always given us some great articles to read and to, to study. And uh, you know what? This These two that we have today are, are 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 kind of fun. The first one is called the 19 Types of Beer Snobs. And uh, this is funny. This is, this, is, this is definitely to laugh about, you know, because it, I'm sure anyone who's been around craft beer enthusiasts or experts or whatever you want to call themselves, you've probably run into one or two or 19 of these type of people. And I, I just thought it was funny because I can laugh at myself because at different times in my craft beer journey, I've been a few of these and I can laugh about it now because I've kind of grown, matured out of some of these type of uh, beer snobbishness. So, John, this one's aimed right to you. This is the self-important home brewer. That's the first one. Uh, you yeah. will second guess the beer he's consuming with the talk of hop varieties, bottle conditioning, and, and has made one decidedly medi- uh, and uh, has made one decidedly mediocre pale ale from a kit. That you received from Christmas is that? Were you that home brewer, that self-important home brewer at one time? Uh, actually, this is one I
1: avoided because I was the <laughs> uh, self-doubting home brewer that didn't think <laughs> that anything I did was actually good enough for a, a long time. Okay, uh, but now I, I've. Graduated to elitism, and of course, I know everything. And okay, uh,
0: okay, to count, in my
1: opinion. <laughs> all
0: right, all right. So, uh, yeah, I I can honestly say that uh, I I can't claim the self-important home brewer because I'm not a home brewer. Although I've I've helped home brews numerous times, I just don't do it personally. So I can say that I can uncheck that one off my list. So that's one that I'm not. So I'm that's that's at least one of 18 that I I haven't been before. So here here's a funny one the mister group think this person is incapable of telling you what he thinks of a beer until he scanned a representative sampling of beer adv- advocate reviews <laughs> wow this is a guy that uh, he can't drink a beer and come up with his own opinion he has to seek out others opinion before he will he will uh, you know actually talk about a beer that's not you right john
1: no no yeah. Yeah, maybe- although i if I'm getting something that's really weird and doesn't seem right, I will go and look at, at some reviews just to see if I'm completely off base or maybe I got a really bad bottle or something like that. Yeah. But,
0: yeah. Um,
1: yeah. Normally, no.
0: Okay. No, no, okay. No. Good. No. But it's okay. kind of funny, Mr. Groupthink. You know, that's just that's funny. Okay. How about this one? Just an a-hole. Wow. <laughs> he. This guy was all yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this guy was already an insufferable snob about his car, his wardrobe and his frequent trips to Europe. Beer was just the next logical step in the progression. Why, yes, he did just correct your pronunciation of Cantillon. I can't even say it. <laughs> that's uh, It's Cantillon. <laughs> exactly. So you're just that a-hole, huh, John? Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, that's funny. Yeah. Uh, I-, I can't say that I was ever that guy because I don't have a good car or a wardrobe, and I don't make frequent – well, I make frequent trips to Israel, but that's for work, not not on my own dime. So I I guess I don't fit in that whole bill, but that's okay. I, I can live through you on the uh, just an a-hole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, vicariously through me and my my jerkishness. Uh, yeah, no problem. no problem. How about the condenser? This person treats anyone drinking a light beer like a toddler who just pooped himself honorable groans of disapproval included. Also, the kind of person who intentionally provokes political arguments at family gatherings. Well, I can't say that I've ever intentionally provoked a political argument, but you know what? There was a time in my beer craft beer journey that I was a condescender, and I kind of bad-mouthed and talked down to anyone that drank anything lighter than, you know, some good quality craft beer so I will admit that I've been this person before but I'm not anymore now I've I've seen the light and I've grown in my craft beerness how about you John have you been a, ever been a condescender uh, not
1: seriously I've, I've given friends crap just to give them crap you know yeah. just because I'm an a-hole but uh, other than that <laughs> <no. laughs>
0: alright alright I'll buy that I'll buy that okay how about the master debater not the master debater but the master debater Oh, okay. Wait, I change my answer. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this is, uh, it says, You, I tried this beer. It was pretty good. Him, get ready to spend the next five minutes finding a polite exit while I harangue you about the beer preference, even though, in reality, I think that beer is good, too. Um, No, if a beer is good, I'll tell you a beer is good. If a beer is bad, I'm going to tell you a beer is bad. I'm not going to debate it just to debate, because I'm not... The master debater. How about you, John? Will you debate just to debate? No, I'm not going to pick a fight just for fun. Okay. Good. (laughs) Good. right. this one, this is definitely me. The Evangelist uh, brings a few choice selections and a hefty supply of tasting glasses to any social gathering, just hoping to win a couple converts. What? You weren't planning on drinking a 15% ABV Russian Imperial Stout at your nephew's christening? Uh, I'm not that bad. I won't I don't bring craft beer to, you know, uh, toddlers' uh, birthday parties. But I'm definitely an evangelist. I will speak the, the good virtues of craft beer to anyone who will listen to me, no matter where it's at. Um, hey, I'll admit to that because craft beer, you know, needs to grow. But how about you, John? Are you an evangelist? You actually talk to the good word. You just kind of sit back and enjoy it yourself and, and don't spread the good word.
1: So, yeah, I do, and now it's expected of me for family gatherings that I, like, <laughs> show up with something new or, or good or, you know, something like that to, to kind of expand people. Okay. Um, so my mom expects me to, to show up with good beer. So
0: Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's also expected that, you know, I, whenever I, at work I'm looked at as a guy that knows to craft beer, so they'll come to me. They'll ask if I've had this or that or whatever, and and you know I'll talk to them about it and I'll explain stuff, and it's kind of fun. I enjoy it. So yeah, I'm, uh, I'm definitely evangelist. So we're we're two the same there. That's good. Uh, this one, the Captain Ahab, almost got his hands on a Pappy Van Winkle twenty three Dark Lord back in two thousand eleven, and has been hunting that white whale ever since. Probably doesn't have a peg leg, but might. No. No. I mean there's beers for sure that I want to try eventually in my lifetime, but I'm definitely not that guy that has to go out and seek out every rare beer just to say that I've, you know, I've I've captured that uh that beer. Yeah. I, yeah, if
1: if I have an opportunity, I'll I'll grab it, but I'm not going to, you know, sacrifice the rest of my week or weekend to, to go on a Road trip to get something you yeah know, it's not not me,
0: yeah, yeah, I agree, I agree, all right, how about the prof- the professor this this guy won't even listen to you unless you're at least taking Cicerone classes, <laughs> but she will talk, oh will she talk wow they they assumed it's a she uh, yeah, uh, that's not me, I treat everyone equal and the you know that's, that's why we do this show, John is so that we don't talk. In elite speak, uh, you don't have to be uh, a professor of beerology to, you know, to listen to what we have to say. We're definitely not the professor. Are you? You're not the professor, are you, John? Oh well, I, I would say that, that
1: you will talk. Oh, you will talk, but uh, <laughs> you, you'll listen, also, so that yeah, you know, that's you're only half. But okay. um, yeah, no, I'm. I don't think I'd be qualified classified as the professor either.
0: Okay, good. So, good. Uh, the trader parlayed a surly darkness and an abyss into a chocolate rain, which he combined with a CBS to land a barrel-aged Hanafu's. Po- hana I don't even can't even say that Hanafu's. Hana That's almost impossible to find. Yet has to try any, or has yet to try any of these beers. Ask him if he's going to open that Hana, and he'll look at you like you're crazy. We'll entertain a trade though. Um, You know what? No, I'm not a trader. I will, I will drink my beer with my friends, but I'm not looking to pick up a beer just so I can pawn it off someone else to trade for some other magical elixir of wonder. Uh, I buy beers to enjoy them, and I don't buy a beer that I'm just specifically not going to enjoy. So for me, uh, I only buy what I want to drink and I want to share with my friends. Uh, I'm not much of a trader. Are are you a trader John, do you actually buy beers just to trade them off to get something better?
1: Uh no. If if I had a lot more money, I I could buy cases of things that are local here that don't make it out and then trade for other things that I can't get, but yeah. I don't. So I don't. Okay.
0: <laughs> All right. I I'm-
1: I need more money to to get to that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I need I need more money too. I yeah, cuz I
1: I want to drink the beer. I don't I don't want to give it all or just trade it all away. I, yeah. I want to have that beer first and yeah. then
0: try, yeah, I can
1: use some extra to parlay, but I never have the extra as a problem.
0: All right. So then are you a sampler? You always ask for a sample at the bar? You know, so he can make an informed decision, aka find some minute defect with it and then ask for something he already knows he likes. No, that's not me. Uh, I don't think it's you either, John. You you might ask for a sample to see if it's something that you want to get a whole glass of, but I don't think you would do it just to, you know, downgrade, a, you know, degrade a, a beer, would you? Yeah. Not, not
1: to just be mean about it. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I might try something if, if, you know, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, I'm kind of in the mood for IPA, but if that you know, stout is really good, then I might hit the spot. So I might get the sample for it and then just see if it's going to hit, hit the spot for me. But,
0: Okay.
1: Yeah, not not to just pick it apart or something like that.
0: Okay. Are you a fresh head? I mean, you you did just drink that IPA. It's 9 days old and was shipped across 7 states. Have some respect for yourself. You, you and you just I mean, I I know you're not a fresh head, John, because you did drink that Enjoy buy beer 4 <laughs> days after it was supposed to be drank. Yeah. So, you're definitely not a fresh uh,
1: head. I'm going to be kicked out of the club. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. Okay, I'm gonna go through a couple of these quick. The Sour Prince Uh I don't know. just sour beers. IBU freak. Uh he once drank an entire bo- bottle of bitters thinking it was a small flavored soda because he had his glasses off and didn't notice. Wow. Uh I'm not I'm not an IBU freak. I'm not scared of IBUs, but I'm not someone that goes out and seeks the highest IBU possible because I think that is a is not the, the right way of going about your beer drinking, but I don't think you are either, John, from my experience with you. I mean you enjoy a beer that has no. IBUs, but you don't look for it, right?
1: Yeah. I would say we're not IBU freaks, but we're definitely hop heads. Yeah. So Yeah. Okay. I would twist that in a different way to get us in a in a category. <laughs>
0: Okay, uh, I'm going to go down to the barrel-aged devotee. In honor of the woodworking craftsman, she named her child Cooper, even though that's the name of the silly Manning brother nobody likes. I thought
1: that Uh, was Eli, but...
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, I enjoy barrel-aged beers. Um, I don't know, I do enjoy them. And I think you enjoy them too, John, because, heck, you actually had a couple on the, sh- you know, you talked about the show today, so. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's it's unique. John and I, I mean, both you and I have been, you know, enjoying craft beer for a while, and we're always looking for that next thing that kind of, you know, takes takes it a little bit different twist on things and than what we expect. And those barrel-aged things, yeah, they're kind of a fad, but they're also enjoyable. I mean, I enjoy those oak characters and, the, and and some of the bourbon characters and, and different characters that might come out of it. Maybe even a, a wine barrel that, you know, they'll have some different characters that come out in, into the beer. So I enjoy that. All right. The glassware obsessive. Wait, did you seriously just pour a Vienna style lager into a domestic barrel aged breakfast stout glass? You know, he can see you. Um, I'm not that bad. I'm a glassware obsessive as far as I want to drink every beer I drink out of a glass if I can, and there is there is times when that's not possible, but majority of the time I'll drink it out of a glass. But if I drink the wrong glass, uh, no, I'm not going to berate anyone for drinking it out of the wrong glass. Uh, I don't think you do either, John.
1: No, yeah, I'm with you. Just try to drink it out of a glass, and yeah. it'll improve it, so...
0: Okay, the last one I'm going to talk about is the one-upper. Ah, you've got a good beer? That's great. His is better. God, it's so much better. The nice part, though, he will refuse to drink yours because it's not good enough and will give you half of his just to prove that he's just the best at beer. So basically... (laughs) Keep this guy around. Hey. I was going to say that. that. sounds like a pretty good deal. <laughs> Actually, that is a good deal. Yeah. I get to drink all my beer and half of his beer. Yeah. Sign me up. I'm all I for it. more friends like this. <laughs> all right. Well, hey. Thank you, Yojimbo, for the 19 types of beer snob. We went through almost all 19 of them, but I didn't want to get dragged on too, too long because there's one more article you sent that's even more kind of, uh, you know, interesting and this is the 27 essential coffee beers and they're ranked from 27 to 1 and uh john and i have already discussed some of these that we have had the opportunity to to drink uh the first one number 27 on the list is troegs java head stout i have had this john's had this um i actually really enjoyed this john did you enjoy this beer uh when you had this
1: uh, no, this one I actually haven't had. I've had a bunch oh. of other trucks, but not this
0: one. What? You haven't had the Java Head? Nope. Oh man. Okay. This is this is pretty good. Uh, this uh, Troy Eggs, If you're not on the East Coast, this is a Pennsylvania um, brewery that does. I don't think it distributes f- too far away. I mean, I mean, I I think you said you can get them in Ohio, right? But that's probably that might be as far as they go because uh, I I've gotten them in Virginia. Uh, and they're pretty good. It's a pretty good brewery. I'm I'm pretty pleased with them. That's farther than Ohio. Just for those keeping score. What? <laughs> it's not farther,
1: <laughs> is it? Yeah, it is.
0: Oh, damn. All right, I need to, I need to go back to school and learn my uh, American geography. Yeah, Pennsylvania
1: <laughs> and Ohio border each other. Pennsylvania and Virginia do not. That's farther south.
0: Oh, you're right. Yeah, just a little bit south, though. It yeah. was in it was, in, it was in, wait it was in Manassas <laughs> and so it's like I don't know I don't I think it's probably if we actually took a okay I'm gonna go and find the uh, I'll do a uh, yeah I'm gonna do a direct distance from your hometown <laughs> of Cincinnati ish are you from Cleveland where are you where are you from Cincinnati no Columbus Columbus area. okay so you're from Columbus okay so all right. I'll get back to you on that. All right, number 26, Flying Dog (laughs) Cujo Imperial Coffee Stout. Um, This is one I don't remember if I've had or not. I've had a lot of Flying Dog stuff when they were uh, based out of Colorado. They used to distribute here in Boise, and since they moved to Maryland, which I think is correct where they're at, uh, they no longer distribute to Boise, so I don't get much of their stuff. But I think I've had this one. Um, I don't remember it, so it's not uh, all that uh, memorable. Uh, have you had the uh, Cujo Imperial Coffee Stout? Uh,
1: nope. I'm okay. out of the game here until uh, 22.
0: Okay. So. <laughs> okay. So uh, another one that I've never heard of, 25, Mob Craft batshit Crazy. All right. Never heard of that. Uh, neither has John. The n- Number 24, Narragansett Coffee Milk Stout. Well, you know what? If I can't pronounce it, I'm not going to drink it. Uh, 23, Great River Brewery. <laughs> That's a horrible plan.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, come on. These guys got to give us a break. They can't be pro- giving these these weird uh, names that we can't pronounce. Come on. Make it – well, I'll, although you know what? I can't pronounce Lagunitas until like three years after I started drinking it. So and maybe that, I shouldn't it, it,
1: follow that rule. You'll regret that if you never drink Cantillon because you can't pronounce it either because those are great beers as well.
0: Okay. So. Okay. All right. Well, how about Great River Brewery Red Band Stout? Never heard of it. Neither has John. All right. 22. John and I have both had this. La Guanita's Cappuccino Stout. Wow. Uh, This is one of my favorite coffee stouts. How about you, John? Are you enjoying this one?
1: Yeah, and I've actually had this within the last week. Um, But it's out now. It's a a limited release. They only do it a couple times a year or maybe once a year. So, it's yeah. out now if you can go
0: find it. Go so. find it. It is very good, very good stout, very good cappuccino stout. I love it. I drink it. I drink at least two bottles every time it comes out regardless, maybe even more. Uh 21 is Short's brewing Cappuccino Coffee Cream Stout. I haven't had that one. I've had other
1: Short's but not not this one.
0: Okay, how about the funky Buddha Maple Bacon Coffee Porter? Nope. No. Me neither. <laughs> sounds,
1: uh, sounds like the yeah. Uh, Voodoo donut.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well it says it has uh Chipotle <laughs> in it. So it's 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 I mean it's got Chipotle peppers and I don't know. I don't and maple syrup and smokiness. Uh I don't know. It sounds horrible to me, but hey, it's number twenty, so I can't I can't say until I've tried it. How about the Schlafly Shla, Coffee Stout? Schaffly. Oh Beals, Beals 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 silent. Schaffly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, have you had it? No. Okay, you just know how to pronounce uh, it, though. Uh, well, I,
1: I only know of this brewery because it's a uh, craft brewery in St. Louis, and they made a big deal about being like the biggest American-owned brewery or something in, in St. Louis since the AB and Bev
0: oh, merger. Oh, okay. Okay, so. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. I'll give it to you. I, I, I should be more up on my uh, biggest brewery in St. Louis uh, trivia for for next time. All right. How about 18. Tyrania, The Devil Made Me Do It? Nope. Nope, never heard of it. I, have you even heard of that brewery? No. No, it's in, it's Oops. in. Uh, well, no, it says, If I lived in Wisconsin, I started a breakfast. I don't know. I don't even know where that's from. Okay. Great Divide. Probably Wisconsin. Yeah, it might be, <laughs> it, it, it might be Wisconsin. <laughs> Number 17, The Great Divide Espresso Oak Age Yeti. And I have had the Yeti, but I don't know if I've had the Espresso Oak Age Yeti, if if it's not the same one. Yeah, I've had Oak Age Yeti, but not Espresso Oak Age okay. Yeti. Okay, so, so so we've probably had a version of it, but not this one. Um, how about number 16, Southern Tier Triple, Tri- Triple Cafe? I have not had that. Nope. This is a triple cafe. has a Belgian ale with a green coffee beans. Now, green coffee beans are actually
1: so that's more like chocolate than than coffee. At least that's what green, a lot of green coffee beans smell like to me.
0: Yeah, so. yeah. Green coffee beans are just the uh, it's the shell around the coffee bean, right? That's what green coffee is. Is the actual uh, uh, green? Uh, no skin. green. Uh green
1: coffee bean is pre-roasted. It's not roasted. It's uh, just like, I guess, as close to off the plant as it as it would be.
0: Okay. Like a green
1: coffee is what you take and you roast and then you can make your coffee. Okay. So.
0: All right. Well, okay. Number fifteen, though. Here we go. Now we're getting into the meat of the coffee beers. Uh, this is one John and I have both had. It's called the Fort George Brewery Java the Hop and This is a unique one because this is an IPA, a coffee IPA. And it's a 16... Yeah, it it works. (laughs) I I bought this because I thought, what the hell? I never even heard of a coffee-flavored IPA. I said, you know what? I can't mock it without trying it. I thought I was going to hate it. I bought this 16-ounce can of beer, and I loved every ounce of it. I mean, this... Done very well, and I recommend anyone on the West Coast. Cause this is a Fort George is from Astoria, Oregon. I recommend anyone on the West Coast that can get Fort George Java the Hop to give it a try. If you enjoy IPAs yeah. and you enjoy coffee, you're gonna enjoy this this beer.
1: And then get all the other Fort George stuff because they do a lot of good beers. Yeah, so yeah.
0: I think there's only their been... vortex
1: is, is pretty good
0: as yeah. well. is really good as well. Oh yeah, the vortex is great. Um, I think I've had 10, at least 10 of their beers. Out of those 10, there was only one I didn't like. That's that's a good, that's, that's you know, 10%, that's 90% acceptance rating from me that's been like four stars or above uh, rating. So that's that's pretty good. The one bad one, I forget what it was. Look on my untapped, you'll find only one Fort George beer that, that got a poor rating. But I think it's because I just didn't enjoy that style and just didn't resonant with me, so. All right, so number 14, Good People Brewing C- Company Coffee Oatmeal Stout. Never heard of them. Have you had that one? know. Uh, I've, I've heard of the brewery, but I haven't had the beer. Okay, how about number 13's L. Smith Speedway Stout? I've heard of L. Smith, but I, I haven't had any of their beer.
1: Yeah, I've had this one. It's pretty good.
0: Is it good? Okay. Yeah. Uh, Santa Fe Brewing, number 12 is Santa Fe Brewing Company Imperial Java Stout. Must be out of... Uh, New Mexico. I haven't had that one. Uh, nope. N- number 11, Terrapin Waken Bake Coffee Oatmeal Stout. Nope. How about you? I've heard great
1: things about this beer, but I've never gotten my hands on it.
0: Okay. All right, now we're in the top 10. Number 10, the Twisted Pine Big Shot Special Stout. Never heard of Twisted Pine. Uh, number 9, this is one I've had, and I think Hopefully John has had it. It's Epic Brewings Big Bad Baptist. Have you had that, John? Uh no. I've had a lot of other epic brewing, but not this one. What? Week. Yeah. Oh my god. I have a t shirt with this beer <laughs> on it. I it's so awesome. It's epic. Literally epic brewing is epic. Um uh, fantastic beer, John. I go out and pay the fifteen bucks. You will not be disappointed. This beer is awesome. I drink at least three bottles of this fifteen dollars beer every single year it's released. It's that good. So, um, all right, man, I'm shocked at you. You haven't got this big bad bat. You know what? I need to buy a bottle to bring to you just so you can drink it because uh, deal. <laughs> <laughs> all right, number eight, founders breakfast stout. Yep, had it, love it. How about you? Yeah, yeah, good
2: it, deal. It's uh, it's
0: it's uh, incredible. I mean, I can drink, I could. That's a beer I could definitely drink for breakfast. It's it's delicious. Uh, number seven, the Stone Brewing Company's Master of Disguise, and uh, I've had this and I, I enjoyed it. I ha- actually talked about it on the podcast. Have you have you had this one, John? No, I, d- I didn't get my
1: hands on this one, but I've had beers like it. The you know pale stouts. Kind yeah, of, it's but uh, yeah, the the ones I've had in a similar vein are very good. So. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's um, uh, uh, again a beer that surprised me. You pour it; it's it's golden yellow, but it tastes just like you're drinking the darkest stout you could drink. It's it's really good. I really yeah, enjoy it. it. It messes
1: with your head too. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. All right, number six. How about the Surly Brewing Company's Coffee Bender? No. Nope. Me neither. Me neither. Number five. The local option. Beer Worker Morningwood. Whoa, I could use some Morningwood. Uh, no, I haven't had that. <laughs> All right, next. <laughs> All right, here's one that we've had. Uh, Ballast Point Victory at Sea. Fantastic uh, porter. That's a very, very yeah. good beer. Yeah, this is
1: breakfast in a glass for me. Yeah, I yeah. could just have it every morning.
0: Yeah, it's one of my go-to. When I see this and I'm kind of want something dark, I'll go to that one. It's it's delicious. Uh, Avery Brewing's company's tweak. Um, nope, I don't get to Avery, even though they're out of Colorado. They don't uh, distribute to me in Boise. Uh, have you had to tweak?
1: No, okay. I haven't. Uh, but I'll grab pretty much anything Avery puts out. There, they do really good stuff. So
0: okay. All right, so so what are you saying? They deliver they distribute to Washington, but they don't distribute to Boise. You have to go through us to get to you. I don't understand why that. That's uh, we're they, kind of a big deal. What whatever. Oh, my gosh. Okay. <laughs> Number two, and <laughs> Cigar City Cubano-style espresso. And nope, because I don't get any Florida beers in Boise. How about you? Uh no. I've
1: had Cigar City stuff visiting Florida, but I haven't had this one. Okay. So
0: And the number one coffee beer ranking goes to A B and Bev with their Goose Island Bourbon County brand coffee stout. And no, I haven't had that one either. Yeah,
1: I've, I've had the Bourbon County Stout before, but not the coffee version.
0: Yeah. I've so. also I've also had the Bourbon County Stout, but not the coffee version, so all right, so uh, oh, I just read that uh, John said, hey, should we save that uh, article for next time or just tease it or not? And I just went with it because you know what? I didn't want to save any more articles for next episode. I want to make sure that David has uh, the opportunity to give us more articles for next episode. All right, so that's the hint that John says, "Hey, we've run way too long again this week. I broke my promise, I am sorry. And John you're, this is you're not the, sorry. <laughs> I, I, I am a little sorry, but you know what? When we get carried away and start talking beer, we can't stop. So just let it flow. Just, just go with it, just go with it. But is there, it's that time of the, of the show where we have the opportunity to raise our glass? To toast a few of our friends or noteworthy uh, people that have, uh, you know, enlightened us this week. So how about you, John? Do you have anyone you want to raise your glass to? Uh,
1: yeah, I just want to thank uh, David, Robert, and Tim again for their, their reviews and uh, chatting with us on Twitter and such. It's always great to talk beer and I really appreciate the support. So Excellent. that's it for me.
0: All right, I agree. I want to toast david robert and tim also for the reviews and i just want to encourage that hey all you guys out there listening i know there's a lot of you you know you don't have to hide behind the anonymous you can just go into itunes you can even make a fake itunes account and just leave us a good review that's okay <laughs> we don't mind don't be don't be shy don't be shy we won't tell anybody we won't tell anyone it's okay because there's a lot more of you out there's only three of you have actually left reviews there's a lot more of you listening i I know it. I see the numbers. So go out and just go and just leave a quick little review. It's okay. Nobody will nobody will hunt you down and, and uh, you know, turn off your electricity or anything. You'll be okay. But uh, I, I have a couple, uh, you know, toasts I want to do to uh, my buddy Aaron Wood here in Boise. He finally got to listen to this show. I've talked to him about it a while ago, and he went and I think marathoned all 15 episodes in one weekend. That is devotion. So I raised my glass to Aaron, who yeah, was able well, to listen the 15 hours of John and I. <laughs> well done. I, I haven't even listened to all 15. <laughs> so. So. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Aaron. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Also, I want to raise my glass to my buddy in Israel, Ariel Druck. Um, you know, there might be an opportunity for me to visit Israel again real soon in April. So uh, I've been talking with him. I'm going to bring him some beers from Boise uh, that we can do some bottle sharing. Since he was kind enough to open up his uh, brewery tasting to me, I want to open up Idaho's brewery tasting to him. So I want to do a, a cheers to Ario And also my daughter's boyfriend, Robbie Carr, who is... Uh, Got He and I got to spend the day together on Saturday because my daughter came for a, a friend of the family's uh, baby shower, and she brought him along, and we went out to Tin Barrel Brewing. to uh, I, He went ahead and did a, a tin flight sample to get a little bit more idea of different styles of beer that he might enjoy, and we had a great time enjoying the fantastic beer at Tin Barrel. I just want to give a little reminder that, yeah, Tim Barrel has been purchased by AB InBev but you know what they still make fantastic beer and I will still be enjoying their beer until they start making crappy beer. So I just wanted to toast Robbie for his open-mindedness to uh you know going out and finding different beer styles that he might enjoy and um, it was a good time. We had a, we had fun. All right, I also want to do a, a I want to raise my glass to Open Forum Radio Network for supporting the show and for providing the hosting space at openforumradio.com. I also, you know, being a former serviceman, I have to raise my glass. I have to thank all of those men and women out there who are who have served, who are currently serving in the U.S. military services for protecting my freedoms, John's freedoms, and all of your freedoms. Uh, we just hope that you guys are able to return home safely very soon. And as a reminder, for the next episode, the listener participation beer tasting notes will be with the Laguanitas Pils. It's a Czech-style Pilsner. Go out now. Go and buy a six-pack of the Laguanitas Pilsners. Go ahead and drink one or two before the next episode, but then, while you're listening, pop open a couple while John and I talk about this beer so you too can hear what we have to say about this beer. And if you would like to contact the show, you can reach us through email at tapthecraft at or you can follow us on Twitter at tapthecraft, or leave comments on the show post on openforumredo.com or Google+. Plus. Just search for Tap the Craft. And you can follow me personally on Twitter, Instagram, and Untapped at Loose Screw, and on Google+, Plus at Denny Luce And John... How can the listeners follow you? So on Twitter, at Prime Brewing, on
1: untapped, at Prime W-A, and I write about my home brewing at homebrewengineer.com.
0: Excellent. All right. It's last call, and it's time to bring the show to a close. We want to thank all of you for downloading and listening to the show. John and I hope you were able to find something useful, and we welcome you to subscribe to the show on iTunes or Stitcher Radio and as a reminder we release a new show every two weeks and that's it for this episode just remember friends don't let friends drink light yellow fizzy beer quality craft beer can be enjoyed by all so spread the word and convert the beer ignorant You ready to talk about yeast? I am. I can talk all about this yeast stuff. Yeah, I'm ready. (laughs) (laughs) With enthusiasm beyond bounds. No problem. I got enough enthusiasm for all of us. But All I have for the show is the yeast talk, and that's going to be pretty... I say pretty quick, but you know how we... Ramble on. Lots of talk. Lots of talk about yeast. It's like the most important part of the whole beer brewing process because it makes the beer. I I have had the, of course, the Ballast Point Victory at Sea, which is a very good beer. Uh, That beer is breakfast in a glass. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, that. So that. I mean, I've had number five. So I've had at least I've had one of the. Top five. That's number four, man. Yeah, or four. Yeah, true. <laughs> that's true. I've had number four. Oh, yeah. And then of course the Stone Master disguise, which is a good beer too, and the Founder's Breakfast Stout, and the Epic Brewing Big Bad Baptist. Although I personally would not call that a coffee stout, but hey, whatever they say. I don't. I don't. I never. Whenever I drink that beer, I don't feel like I'm drinking you know, a coffee. The
1: the whiskey barrels kind of overtake
0: it. Yeah, I honestly, it is so strong in other flavors that the coffee part portion of it is so subdued, you never know it's there. But it's still great. It's a great stout, anyway. But, of course, number 15, the Fort George Brewery Java the Hop. Probably the one beer... That surprised the hell out of me at how damn good it was because it was an IPA with coffee.
1: Yeah, I love handing people that beer, and they're like, "Really?" <laughs> and then they drink it, like,
0: "Oh!" <laughs> I I was shocked. I mean, really, it that is a that is a really good beer that I never thought would have ever been something I'd I'd enjoy. So, but yeah, I think I have five or six of them. Yeah, I'm about there as well. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, I don't want to keep you up, and I am exhausted. So you want to get this party started? Oh, I always want to party
1: with you, Denny.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: awesome. Did it sound sincere? Yeah,
1: it did sound sincere.
0: It made me, it made me happy. I'm blushing. Oh. I'm blushing. All right, let's get this thing started so we can... Uh, I mean, it won't be the the epic episode we had last week, that hour and 40-minute show, but it was yeah, good. have I haven't listened to that one. I, it was good.
1: It was good. I'm way behind in my podcast. I just listened to our uh, first brewing one. Wow, <laughs> you are behind.
0: Yeah. So, nearing the end of January. <laughs> okay, that's okay. We get a lot of good... Uh good feedback, so they're really people are enjoying the the brewing ones we've been doing the last few shows, so this one will be just as enjoyable. I'll make it that way. <laughs> Damn it, I demand that you enjoy this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mess around. I don't take no for an answer. That's right. All right, John, I'm going to start. All right, and, let's and, do this. And I'm going to make it through without messing up. N- now you just jinxed yourself. No and- way. <laughs> There's this no is, way. <laughs> this is a, this is going to be a flawless episode nonstop. John? John? I lost you. Can you hear me? Can you hear me now? No, oh, I can hear you now. Okay. Oh, you were gone for a minute. Where'd I leave off? Uh, <laughs> where'd you leave off? <laughs> you were talking about how I can leave something, and then you just cut off, and then I didn't hear you for about 15 seconds. So I don't know where you left off at.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, I just single. kept talking until I heard you start saying, John,
0: John.
2: <laughs> <So>. <laughs>
0: okay. All right, John.
1: So yeah, you cleared it didn't come back to the outline, because I, I wrote the safer for next time, like, as we're getting near the end of the beer stop thing. I'm like, ah, we're going really... It was already, like, a minute or an hour or 15 or something. Ah, it's like, okay. Uh...
0: It's okay. <laughs> we probably could have saved that for next time, but, hey, we were on a roll, and I'm in a good mood, so I just thought I'd go with it. I, I can tell you're in a good mood. <laughs> You know, John, I had a crappy day today, and the only thing that uh, made me happy was to know that we were going to record tonight and talk about yeast. So, yeah. <laughs> talking about yeast makes everybody's day better. <laughs>
2: Hey, it's Shayward from Open Forum Radio here. I want to go ahead and take a second to say thank you for checking out this episode of Tap the Craft. And I would like to encourage each of you to check out some of the other shows that we have here on the Open Forum Radio Podcast Network. Uh, we'll start it off with the original Open Forum Radio, The 40 Cast, Prove Your Point, Geeks for the Win, I Recommend, My Peanut Gallery, The Married Gamers, Some Other Castle, Gamer Husband's Radio, The OMG Hour, gamers unscripted just press start platform junkies and jobbers on the mic hey be cool give a great review to all the shows you like on itunes podbay stitcher everywhere you can give reviews review every show five times and you are officially a good listener also go ahead and visit openforumradio.com links to all the different shows uh like the open forum radio facebook page and uh Take a second, if you like playing games online and with people and are cool, to uh, go ahead and look at Zabari's Gamer Information Spreadsheet. Fully useful information that will do nothing but enhance your online gaming experience. Alright folks, take it easy. Have a good day.